breaking news here. I've just seen Billy from this season's Love Island. Wow. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, he was coupled up with Daniela for most of it, but to bring it back full circle, he was often caught flirting with Gemma Owen, who's, of course, the daughter of Michael Owen, so it's a football connection there. Maybe he's pandering for a move. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. This week, Jack and I return to the electric Elmbridge Excel Centre to see the Swans, i.e. Walton and Hersham FC, take on Beaconsfield, or should that be Beaconsfield, in the first qualifying round of the FA Cup. We're across everything from mispronunciations to waterway vocations and last-minute elation to our fury and creations. This is the Road to Wembley podcast. Hey, Jack. How are you feeling, mate? I'm good. I'm a little bit hungover. Um, in the series one, we're hungover in pretty much every episode, so it's mm. nice that we're carrying on that tradition in this series. I don't feel too bad this morning. I'm... You lost a lot of the drinking games last night, so I think... Uh, I did, but I did win poker. You did win which poker. Which you failed to mention. I lost um, very, very badly at poker. Yeah, you're not, a, you're not a poker player, are you? So I've got an ache in my head and an ache in my wallet at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who do you think... What, what kind of footballers do you think would be good poker players? Uh, sometimes as a player just comes to your head and immediately I thought Eric Dyer. <laughs> yeah, I think Eric Dyer. He's a bit of a lad. He's, a bit he's of a quite guy. switched on as well. Yeah, he's a very... Yeah, he's a good bluffer. I think he plays to fall sometimes. Yeah. Who'd be uh, a bad poker player? Oh. Um... I think the inverse, Deli Ali. I think Deli Ali is a very arrogant young man. Yeah. Probably gets a bit too big for his britches. Um, someone like Jack Grealish, I think, be quite bad at poker because yeah, he's I not. Think he would as much well. as I'm sure he's a nice bloke, he's not the brightest bulb in the box, and I think he would very much find poker confusing. Harlem would be ruthless. I think Harlem would take be all my money. He would just understand. He would be ca- card counting instantly. Yeah. Um, Metronomic. I don't want to. I don't want to bring up the Queen's death immediately. But did you see? <laughs> did you see that uh, meme? And it was like. Gareth Southgate trying to explain to Jack Grealish the new words to the national anthem. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jack Grealish not getting it. That's good. I, like that. <laughs> I haven't seen them. Uh, so what's going on? We're on the Beaconsfield game. Yeah, Beaconsfield or Beaconsfield. Be- Beaconsfield. I just I before the game started, I googled it and I pronounced it wrong. Anyway, it's Beaconsfield. Beaconsfield. Um, still at Walton. We've been at Walton and it feels like my entire life. Yes, it feels like my entire life too. It does. I think we've been here now longer than we have ever been anywhere. It's certainly rivaling Harringay from Series 1. Yeah, I think this might be a game that matches Harringay. Mm. Um, and yeah, this is a much better experience for me. I'll talk about it why in a minute. Yeah. Um, we came up with a little rule, didn't we? If we, uh, if we were at a club for more than three games. And that was that we'd buy a shirt. Yeah. Um, I've bought a Harringay shirt. Will you be buying a, a Beaconsfield so, slash Beaconsfield shirt? Well, they didn't. Well, at, first of all, it be a Walton shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they weren't selling shirts when I went, but I will buy one on the internet if possible. Well, their official store is classicfootballshirts.com. Not, not, a, not an official sponsor of this podcast, but. Yeah, but a place we do like, and that is cool. And it's, it's only 20 odd quid, so I think that's a good purchase. I'm going to buy one. Um, you're really upset that you bought a Harringay shirt, aren't you? You keep bringing it up. No, I love it. I you, love my Harringay shirt. You're always insisting I buy a shirt, though. I just think it's a good tradition, yeah. We've always said we'd like to buy mementos from different yes. games. Yes, we'll buy a buy Walton shirt. Um, well, we what we do. It seems like we're going to be at Walton until the end. Yeah, I think Walton might win it. That's how long I've been at Walton, and I'm so convinced now. They are. They're certainly uh, playing their way into the history books. Yeah, um, that would be a big news story, mm-hmm. uh, which is a good lead into the news. So Jack, I'll be doing the uh, Road to Wembley news segment this week. This is the segment in which we pick three news stories. Two of them are true. One of them is false. It was... Uh, it's way around. Thank you, pardon. Two of them are false. One of them is true. 
Thanks for paying attention, listener. Um, and it was inspired by the whole Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney. Which we've talked to death. Right so. for Christy, yeah. yeah. We won't go over that, that again. <clears throat> so my first news story is called uh, Train, Train, Go Away, Come Again Another Day. <laughs> okay. Okay, Train, Train, Go Away, Come Again Another Day. We've recently seen the conclusion of the transfer window in England. Um, so I've been researching some funny transfer uh, stories. And I'd like this to bring this one to your attention. So way back in 2011, Hugo Rodiega of Wigan, remember him? Yeah. Uh, was pushing for a move to Everton. Uh, the, closure of the closure of the window was approaching, but uh, Wigan had a crucial early season six-pointer derby against Bolton Wanderers uh, at the Reebok. And Wigan manager Roberto Martinez promised Rodiega that if he'd scored against Bolton, he would let him speak to other clubs. Okay. And lo and behold, Rodiega scored a brace, and therefore, to his understanding, he would be able to go and speak to Everton, the club he wanted to live to. Um, so he came into training the next day, expecting to be able to speak to Everton, um, but he was informed by the hierarchy of the club that, he, that Rebecca Martins had spoken out of turn, and he wasn't, in fact, allowed to speak to Everton. Oh, no. And uh, Rodiega flew off the handle, you could say. Um, so in protest, he took all of the balls from the kit man's shed and all of the boots from the boot room and put them in his car and drove home. So this meant that when the rest of the players got in, they couldn't train, and training was cancelled for that day. Right. Uh, and eventually, I think the next day, the kind of the relationship was patched up, but Rodiega barely featured, you'll remember this from the 2012 season, uh, Rodiega barely featured uh, in what was to be his final season at Wigan, uh, and he moved to Fulham in May, having scored only two goals. Wow, you, you said that like it was a nursery rhyme. You took, you took all the balls from the ballroom and you took all the boots from Maybe the Maybe that ballroom. was deliberate. I did call it train, train, go away, yeah. come again another day. Um, that could be likely. I remember Wigan's Great Escapes. Yeah. Um, so you have some good context there, but I don't know. I hear the rest of them. That's, uh, yeah, that's quite a powerful prank. Did not- <laughs> it is, yeah. He really yeah. ruined it. I like the idea that like, players have big club WhatsApp groups now. They must have been like, Hugo, what, what are you doing? Just bring the balls back. All come into train. Yeah, but some of them be like, fair enough, i get a day off now. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Okay, cool. Story two is called A Sinking Feeling. Nice. Uh, in 1986, Jean-Marie Pfaff was playing for Belgium at the World Cup in Spain. Uh, he was one of the top goalkeepers in the world at the time and he'd just secured a transfer to Bayern Munich. But as Belgium moved through the latter stages of the competition, he was dropped unceremoniously much to the shock of the Belgian fans. You speak to any Belgium now, they'll tell you about it. Uh, for years, it was un- unclear why, until in 2001, a man called Lee Kleisters, who was in the team, revealed that his reputation was growing. This is about Faf. Mm-hmm. But his popularity with his national teammates was not. Oh, no. Uh, his perceived cockiness irritated them. And while in Spain for the World Cup, the Belgian manager arranged a poolside bash uh, at the team's hotel, at which the country's media were invited. The country's best-known radio commentator, Jan Wouters, was there. And being a close friend of the Belgian manager, he felt sufficiently at ease to uh, play a prank on some of the players. Oh, no. So he crept up behind Faf, the goalkeeper, and pushed him into the pool. Oh, no. It was all very funny until a problem became apparent. The goalkeeper couldn't, couldn't swim. swim. Yeah, I knew that was coming. An ambulance was called, and apparently Faf felt very, very guilty, so much so that he handed in his resignation. Faf was initially unforgiving and demanded Valters be uh, removed from the group and not allowed to hang out with the players anymore. Wait, who handed in the notice? The radio presenter. The radio said, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I think he's like association with the national football team. Right, okay. However, when the press later asked Faf about his near drowning, he played it down and said he'd only been pretending. <laughs> uh, he's only been pretending to be in distress. And um, this was very much a, a boy who cried wolf story. And eventually it was the reason Faf was dropped from the team because he'd lied about this, his pretend right. drowning. Wow. 
Um, it's quite complicated with a lot of characters. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened in that story. <laughs> um, so he pretended to drown to make the radio sensor feel bad. Yeah. Um, and then he admitted it sheepishly. But that's so to embarrassing. Media, yeah. Isn't that more embarrassing to pretend to be drowned? I don't know <laughs> what, what is he getting out Some, of that? I think uh, just to make someone feel better. That's his his agenda is different to mine, I suppose. Yeah, I think he. I guess footballers are pretty unforgiving with the media, and just felt like that was his time to get him back. Yeah, but the ambulance was, an ambulance was cool. Mm, yeah, he was like really putting it on apparently for like. When the what? ambulance guy's like, what? <laughs> well, uh, I think you can you can fake shock. Yeah. Um, okay, that's a pretty long-winded one. Um, I guess that could happen. Fact. Does the long-windedness of it make it more true or less true? You forget elements of it, don't you? So yeah. I guess I think, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> There's a lot of characters in there. You, you have a tactic, and I do it as well, where you bombard me with names. You mentioned about eight names in that. Yeah. Um, Faf and Valters are the main ones. Faf the goalkeeper, Valters the journalist. Okay, cool. Well, um, let me move on to my third story. Maybe I can bring you around with this one. This is a bit of a strange one, actually. Um, with the World Cup later this year... I wanted to draw your attention to the first ever World Cup in Uruguay in 1930. Many of the iconic football nations were present, including Argentina, Brazil and France, and other more niche nations, including the USA, Bolivia and India. There's, of course, this is a fake news story and a true news story, so a bit of diversion. There's a fake claim that persists about the uh, Indian football team they played in bare feet. This is not true. Okay. okay. I just right. want to get that just out a, there now. Just talking now. Okay. Yeah. Um, notable absentees at the tournament in 1930 World Cup were of course the British nations mm-hmm. England weren't there Wales weren't there and Scotland weren't there and the reason for their absence has never really been made public but f- from a modern perspective I guess it's very embarrassing it's actually not, not a particularly funny story oh okay uh, <laughs> Britain didn't take part at many events in the 1928 Olympics because they didn't think it was appropriate to be, play, uh, to be losing against one of the colonies. Mm. And the same thinking was applied at the 1930 World Cup, once India had qualified. So that's apparently the reason that we didn't, play. We didn't go to the World Cup in 1930. Yeah, really, wow. Um, I feel like I would have heard of that. That's really sad. Is that true? Mm, well, I yeah, well, I'm asking you. Um, your guess. Uh, wow. Okay. Did the Irish play? Did the Irish qualify? Well, that, this is the, the 1930 Irish. World Cup. The Irish don't think played, but they were independent from Britain by then. Mm. Okay. Um, wow. I think... I'll give you the headlines. Train, train, go away, come again another day. Yeah. A sinking feeling. And the empires strike back. <laughs> okay. Um, I think the empire strikes back is probably true in a sad way. But I don't want it to be true, so I'm going to say train, train, go away. Okay. Well, I can tell you, Train Train Go Away was a fake story. Okay. What about Empire? I can tell you, The Empire Strikes Back was a fake oh story. Oh my God, okay, good, at least. Faff drowning That's in the pool true. is true. Do you know why I didn't think that was true? Because I told a story in the first series about a guy being pushed in a stingray pool. Oh yeah, that was... So I, I, I thought that was a reference to that. Um, wow, okay, you found a real story. That was a fake story I made up. That was a real story. Okay, yep. wow, that's, that is a great story. Um, I'm sorry you didn't get it this week. This is the first time in a while. I don't think you've got it quite yeah, right. Yeah, I'm usually good at this game. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's so strange. Why would you ever pretend to drown? Footballers are strange, strange beasts. Aren't we'll they? have to read up on them a bit more. Listener, you can Google Jean Marie Faf. If you're listening, Jean Marie Faf, we'll happily do an interview with you and you can talk about that experience. Um, sound like you're a bit of a liar. Absolutely. But, you know, maybe you can set the record straight on our show. Should we move on to Beaconsfield versus Walton and Hersham FC? Please. So we have a new club this week. Uh, and it is Beaconsfield Town FC, not Beaconsfield, okay. to be confused. Um, Beaconsfield, much like Camden FC, there's not much to talk about them, which is coming <laughs> a trend here. Uh, Beaconsfield is famous for its model village. 
um, which I've not been to, and you've not, you've been to Beaconsfield, but you've not been in the Model Village. No, I, I went for a walk around there a few weeks ago, actually. And you parked in the Model Village car park? Parked in the car park, used the car park, paid £2 or whatever I had to wouldn't pay. It be, this would never happen, but wouldn't it be weird if you parked... This would never happen, but let's say you parked in the car park and you went to the Model Village and then you saw your car in the Model Village. That'd be insane. Now, I thought you were going to say I'd parked in the Model Car Park. <laughs> That'd be good as well. That's what I'm, I, guess that, I guess I am saying that. Yeah. If like, the, it kind of changes a bit like the Ooh, Marauder, yeah. Marauder's map. I guess that yeah, could never be possible. that's great. I really like that. Yeah. If someone out there can try and work out how that would work. Um, yeah. I've been to a really good Model Village in Burton and Water, but we're not talking about Burton and Water. We're talking about Beaconsfield Town FC. Um, they were founded in 1994, the year I was born. So a very young club. Usually our clubs go back to 1867 mm. is the constant date we all seem to get. It's young. Uh, they're nicknamed the Rams, and they play at Holloway's Park. Um, they haven't got any famous fans from what I can see. So I went to the famous fan generator, um, and I'm using a different one than I usually use. Um, and I'm going back to the old one because this one's pretty bad. Yep. Uh, the first fan <laughs> it gave me was Ulysses S. Grant, who I think was a Civil War general in America. Yeah. Uh, the second one was Jesus Christ, and the third one was Demi Lovato. <laughs> <laughs> So some big, some really big names there. So yeah, it's an interesting combination. <laughs> yeah, so you're three very different people, but they are united by their love for Beaconsfield Town FC, the Rams. Can I tell you someone who I know for a fact is from Beaconsfield? Please. Someone who you don't like very much? James Corden. Correct. <laughs> because he supports, he supports West Ham. Yeah. Um, oh man, yeah. I don't like James Corden, but we can talk about James Corden another time. It's not a James Corden podcast. Um, would you rather, I guess... I guess he's he compared to these guys, he's an absolute nobody. James Corden compared to Jesus Christ and Ulysses S. Grant. Yeah. I guess True. he he probably thinks he's up there with them. Yeah. Anyway, enough of James Corden hating. Um, yeah, there's not much to say about them, but I did go on their website, um, and for some reason on their website they have like their Google reviews at the front page, um, and I don't even and I just thought I'd read a few of them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to kind of get, get a vibe for them. Um, one here says we attended for a baby shower. I guess they're using the event space. Um, and it was a clean venue, but the postcode did take us to a rest station nearby. I had to go through the roundabout a few times, so not great. Try and have a look at that, Beckinsfield, if you're listening. Um, someone said the uh, area is much safer. I'm not sure what they mean by that. Um, then what? Then exactly. It just says much safer than previously. Um, there's a new burger hut outside serving very good fodder, their words. Yeah. Um, though a few of me were disappointed that they didn't serve bother on a cold night. Yeah, I mean, it does sound a, an ideal location for a baby shower. I can see why they picked it. Yeah, but they're not serving Bovril for the very babies. Safe. <laughs> yeah, it's very no safe. No Bovril. Um, we talked about Bovril in the first episode, if you want to go into that. We're not, we won't go into Bovril again, but the headline is it's bad. Um, and one more. Um, the outside burger bar was pricey and the chips a little soggy slash lukewarm. So some differentiating opinions there on the, on the burger hut. Okay. Um, so, yeah, if you're on Beaconsfield, check it out. I don't know. It might be shit. It might be good. Um, Last week we were purring about the brilliant food at... Uh, Walton Hersham. Yeah, it, we, yeah, we've been very, very, very impressed so far, Walton Hersham. Um, but that's Beaconsfield. Um, let's go into the game. Now, we here at the Road to Remedy podcast love The Masked Singer. So we are so excited to partner with their new sister show, The Masked Winger. Every week, we will see celebrities dressed in ridiculously elaborate costumes, complete football trials at League One clubs, all the while giving us cryptic clues to their identities. The panel of judges this year is made up of Alan Carr, Helen Bonham Carter, Jermaine Genus, and Jesse J. Premiering on the Masked Singer's YouTube channel, the Radio Times described the show as coming up in September and called it a bold concept. I can't wait to see it, and I already have a sneaky feeling that the Wasp is Susanna Reid, and Alex reckons the giant wheelie bin is Mambo No. 5 singer Lou Baker. Only time will tell. It was great to be back at the XL 
Ambridge Centre, whatever it's called. <laughs> whatever it's called. Before the, like this game, I was thinking it was quite a, it wasn't a boring ground, but it's in the middle of nowhere. And I remember mm. thinking it's a bit, there's no kind of journey to it. Yeah. And I told this to my father, who lives nearby. Mm-hmm. And he said I was talking shit, because actually you can get a little ferry across the river, which goes right near the ground. And there's an amazing pub near it. And yeah. we, did, we did that and it was great. Um, shout out to, I think his name was Gareth or Colin. Yeah. Who ran the ferry. And it was all for charity. Um, so Gareth or Colin, that was great. Shout out to you. And he was saying to me, actually, he's going to try and keep it open late. So then the Walton Faithful can kind of go across every game thing which will be really fun that sounds lovely and also I noticed on the ferry they are looking for volunteers at the moment Jack so if you're uh... if I ever move home and need something to do mm. yeah I asked my dad to do it and he said no but um, <laughs> yeah it's very cute it's very cutesy um, it's all for charity so yeah if you ever go to Walton we never say this as well <clears throat> we never encourage people to go to games but we should like if everyone I know Premier League clubs and blah 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 but try and go to local teams go to non-league teams because um, it's always great it's always good fun you usually support something local um and there's always some sort of like nice pub nearby. I don't know, it's always the cheapest pint I have. It's so accessible, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's like, it's quite a boring reference, but there is loads and loads of parking spaces. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, le- it's low the stress. Food is really yeah, nice. I know, I totally agree. It's cheap, it's low stress. You get 90 minutes in there, probably more, you know, it's good. I, we never say it, but you haven't got to follow the whole FA Cup like we do, but just go to a, go to a non-league game. And if you're going to pick a game, you should go to Wilton Hersham because they play great football. They do, yeah. Um, Beaconsfield turned up in a kind of sky blue, like a kind of a Manchester City blue. Ooh, yeah, nice. Yeah, they, were looking, they were looking classy. Um, it was definitely busier, this game. It, was a bit of a, it felt a bit of a vibe in the air. Um, what do you think? How did it kick off, Alex? Uh, I think um, Wilton Hersham were, were the better side for mm-hmm. most of the start. I think there's some one name who's been cropping up by the few games we've been going to, and that's Jordan Adeyemi. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember him. He kind of plays a left attacker. He's slightly gangly, quite tricky. Um, and, and he helped create the first goal. I don't know if you remember. He fired the ball in from the left-hand side and the keeper kind of palmed it out into the centre, into, into a six-yard box. Uh, and a man called John Gilbert, whose name I hadn't picked up, I admit, before this game, um, levered it in from close yeah, range. Yeah, that's a good goal. Um, yeah, Walton were knocking kind of throughout the game. There's a bit of handbags in this game. It's kind of, kind of a rough game. Mm. Um, I've got my notes here, handbags between nine and two. Yeah. Um, so yeah it was, I don't know I mean I'm sure in these games not, it's not necessarily in rivalries because they're quite far apart and there's not necessarily like, but there was definitely it felt like it could, get, quite interesting could get rough is uh, I was fast forward I was listening to the manager after this game mm-hmm. and he said um, actually we try and treat, treat the FA Cup as a bit of fun we've, oh really got a lot it didn't of feel like that at the game that's, that's what, what I was going to say how many sendings off there were, there were two sending off mm-hmm um, but that didn't come until after the, the Beaconsfield equaliser. Yeah. Beaconsfield equaliser in the early early part of the second half. Um, I don't know if you remember, it was a very high looping cross into yeah. the box. Remember. Um, and, the, and the goalkeeper kind of palmed it. Our goalkeeper called Liam Allen palmed it to their... Uh, Double first name. Yeah. <laughs> Reference or something. Palmed it to their attacker. Um, Walden Hersham have got a new, exciting uh, young right back. Tell me about um, him. He's probably far too exciting for the surroundings of... Suburban London. He's called Devon Townton. I love his name. He's from San Antonio oh, uh, in the US. I love him already. He represents California. Uh, sorry, not California, Columbia. And uh, he's on loan from Premier League Fulham. Incredible. That's a massive get for Walton. So, yeah, to have a player like that playing it right back for what, eighth tier, ninth tier side? Yeah. Well, he wasn't the only big name there because uh, Billy from Love Island was also at the game. Yes. If you remember that. Which I didn't watch this season's Love Island. No, he was, in the, he was in the show for about two weeks and was pretty unremarkable. But he was getting pictures with people and he was very proud of himself. I'm not sure if he was a Beaconsfield fan, <coughs> sorry, Beaconsfield fan or Walton fan. Um, but yeah, shout out to Billy from Love Island. He was caused a bit of a stir. Well, Billy would have seen that uh, the score was now 1-1 mm-hmm. uh, after our goalkeeper's error. 
and it kind of looked like it was heading towards Beaconsfield's. Uh, yeah, they looked like they were getting on top until there was a red card for dissent. I yeah. thought it was dissent. You thought it was maybe a little bit of hands on, on well, the referee. So, I, from what I remember, um, there, they, there was a foul. Uh, sorry, Walton fouled Beaconsfield, I think. And then Beaconsfield were, were out to play on. They didn't do anything with the attack. Um, and so the ref just played on. Um, but they wanted to go back to the foul. A Beaconsfield player was shouting at the ref and I think he saw him pull the ref's arm right. which went to a straight red card which I think is probably justified I think we're so used to watching football in the Prem and just seeing referees being abused but I yeah. don't think I ever see referees be touched like that it was generally a, a pull I think it's it's, uh, it's one of the big problems in football I mean, it's widely talked about that we don't have enough referees in the game and you can't be doing stuff like that to the ref no it's not very nice is it you never, I never never touch the ref I guess you shouldn't no, even be yeah, swearing at shouldn't the ref. Even be, I, yeah. I, I'm very guilty of this and I've, I've you do it at five aside. Yeah. You never stop touch doing the five side. I never touch them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to try and stop shouting them as well. Yeah, it was a straight red card, um, and it's pretty wild. Um, what happened next, Alex? I thought the game really opened up after the red card. There was a lot more space, um, and uh, Adiemi, who I've previously mentioned, uh, actually scored um, late on to give Morton Hersham a two-one lead. Yeah, but then, but then. Alex Kelly, whose name I noted. And as a uh, double first. Another double first. <laughs> was sent off for Walton Hersham. It was a stupid red card. Yeah, that was really sad. Uh, one of the Beaconsfield players was on the ground and he kind of flicked his knee into his head and it was an obvious red card. Um, and from that point on, the pressure just grew and grew on, on the Swans. Until um, remarkably, in the 96th minute, um, Aaron Minas, who the striker, was the striker for Beaconsfield, uh, scored his second of the game. Um, meaning the game would, would go to a replay. I don't know if you remember the goal, it was actually pretty funny. He, yeah. he swung a leg at it, kind of got cramp midair, made just enough contact with it to get past the keeper and yeah, then yeah. rolled around rather than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... Uh, the the atmosphere in the, in the whole place just dropped after that goal because I think it was, everyone thought it was, it was over. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because you just said it was... Uh, the manager said it was, the FA Cup was a bit of fun. Um, there was a lot of animosity in the crowd. I think people were really... people. Right, so I think it seriously, but just yeah, that's a really cynical foul, yeah, and a lot of disappointed faces. The ninety-six minute really broke. I mean, if we were at Beckersfield, I'm sure we'd see absolute elation. But being the uh, and the home end, it was a real sad moment for them. And that was that means this will be the uh, the replay will be the fifth game of Walton Hersham's FA Cup season. So Jesus far. Christ, yeah, and they've only played three rounds. So we keep saying they're a good team. But they don't seem to put games away. They always seem to be going off. They get, they keep getting drawn at home, which is a massive massive advantage at this stage. Huge yeah. advantage. Yeah, yeah. And they just keep throwing it away. Well, they've won the away legs in the. In the they, do, they are, they are, but they're making it hard for themselves. And they're going to knock themselves. That's the fifth, like I said, the fifth game. Yeah. Um, they're going to just knock themselves out, and they're playing. You know, playing in the week as well. So. Well, let's 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 wait for the replay and see who they get in the next round. Yeah, let's do it. So we're off through another replay, and then from there, who knows? I think Walton are playing at home though after the replay, so we'll be at Walton, Walton again. Well, if Walton win, yeah, it's a home game. Yeah. Um, or we'll be off to Beaconsfield. Um, yeah, it was a really good game. Um, I think we said before in the previous series, quality definitely improved. It feels like we've started with some really good quality. Mm. Um, they're part, a really, really good side. Part of me hopes Beaconsfield wins so I can finally tick off that model village. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, I guess, this, oh, maybe, this, maybe the stadium's in the model village. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. Inception. Yeah. yeah. They're playing a little game in, in oh, the stadium. Man. This, this idea of a working model village is taking over the podcast. Um, <laughs> If someone out there can work out how that would ever work. You could do that with, with VR or AR or something, couldn't you? That'd be kind of creepy. Though. A live AR. Did you watch the capture on BBC? Is that what happened? Is there a model Essentially village? what they're oh, doing. No. <laughs> <laughs> someone made a TV show about it about two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, should we have a listen to the question before we go? Yeah, please, hit me. Cool. Uh, this one's from Julian in Manchester. And he writes in to say, uh, my two great passions in life have been Manchester United Football Club and Arthurian legends. You can imagine my excitement then when last week I discovered that Guy Ritchie directed a King Arthur adaptation in 2017 and it starred David Beckham. I tracked down a Blu-ray copy of the film on eBay and sat down for what I'd hoped was to be a great evening. The film, it transpires, is dreadful and David is truly abysmal (laughs) in the 40 seconds he appears on screen. Despite the film being effectively unwatchable and the soccer star being woefully miscast, it did get me thinking which footballers I would cast as the Knights of the Round Table. The first name I thought of was Gerard Piquet for Sir Percy. Brackets, not sure why. Who, bo- who would you boys cast? That's a fantastic question, Julian. Thanks, Julian. You've made me uh, have to Google the Knights of the Round Table. Yeah, I'd do that as well. I mean, the obvious one is King Arthur. Maybe we should start with him. Yeah. Um, I've also thought the England, captain, the England captains of old, uh, Bobby Moore, Harry Kane. But also, what about a gender swap? I thought Ellie, Ella, Ellie Williamson? Ella Williamson? Leah Williamson. Leah Williamson would be a terrific uh, King Arthur. Yeah. Um, what about you, man? Any ideas? Um, <laughs> what's the one who begins with G? Galahad. Well, that person <laughs> yeah, would yeah. be... Uh, so we're having, we're having Leah Williamson as, as the Arthur. If, you, if that's, if that's yeah. okay with you. Okay. And then Galahad is going to be uh, Jack Gush. Yeah, because he's a bit of a ladies' man. It just feels he, like yeah. that's, that's the kind of Galahad. I read up on the Knights of the Round Table after getting this question from Julian. Um, they're all basically the same person. You think they're going to be like different, different, like they have different abilities and you have different like kind of stuff about them. They're all just kind of blokes who go in, they're just very knightly blokes, I guess. Yeah. They're kind of. Lancelot's another one. Is he, oh, Lancelot. He's like the best like fighter, I think. Who's that going to be? Uh, who'd be Lancelot? <laughs> who would be Lancelot? He's like the most like he's the most like the best fighter in the prep. Maybe like a Erling Haaland, maybe because he's quite so powerful, yeah, he's such a yeah, dominating yeah, force. Absolutely. And he'd need someone like Williamson to rein him in and guide him. Yeah. But he's a uh, he's raw power. Quite a blonde it? team, isn't it? Well, I think they are all blonde. Whenever I see it, well, and not that I've seen them <laughs> in my head of like I imagine I always imagine Arthur being blonde. Is that right? If I need, if I read some names out, you can just tell me what footballer comes to comes to mind. Of course, uh, Brandellis. JJ Kotcher. Uh Hector Damaris. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Quite French sounding. Hector Damaris. Yeah, good point. Um, Moussa Sissoko. Yvane, uh, the bastard. Ooh. Oh, okay, a bit of a villain then. I'm going to go with Gattuso. Yeah, that does sound like Yvane, the bastard. You're right. Yeah. Uh, and one more for you. Uh, Scalibur's the sword, isn't it? So I can't say that. Yeah, that would be a football, I guess, in this world. Arthur the Less. Oh, like another, another Arthur. Um, okay, he's like kind of a... Maybe like a Frank Lampard. I don't know why I've said that. Yeah, well, it says... He, it's funny you say that. He is the illegitimate son of King Arthur, apparently. And also, Frank Lampard is the legitimate son of Frank Lampard Sr. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool. Yeah, well, Julian, I hope that answers your question. Um, keep on enjoying Manchester United and keep on enjoying our Fourier Legends. Mm. Sounds like you've got, you know, got a good sort of list of hobbies there. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll watch the Guy Ritchie adaptation of King Arthur uh, to see what we think of it. Um, I do want to see David Beckham in that. Um, but that's for another day. Yeah. Uh, why don't we wrap up the show? We can focus on the, uh, the round ball rather than the round table. Fantastic stuff. 